What's up, everybody? Just want to tell you how you can come support us real quick. Uh, you can go to rockfin.com forward slash Zilla. Come watch us over on uh, Rockfin. Don't watch us on YouTube, dude. Like, YouTube days are YouTube. winding to a close. It's been a fun ride. Thank you, YouTube, but fuck you. So anyway, um, also, you can support us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Truthzilla. Um, we're just going to rock that till the wheels fall off, um, and then... Go hit us up over on truezilla.org forward slash shirts. Get yourself a nice Truezilla shirt. We got a couple new designs. Don't tell Teespring. They're going to be really pissed when they see them. Um, so anyway, it's one of them. I'll, I'll superimpose the images over here. But yeah, you guys, go get yourself a, uh, a freaking Truezilla shirt, man. What are you doing? So anyway, love you guys. Enjoy the show. Hershorn, author of the new book entitled Pandemic Blunder, Fauci and Public Health Blocked Early Home COVID Treatment. He was a professor at the University of Wisconsin and has offered expert testimony in over 50 U.S. Senate and House hearings. Dr. Hershorn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. yeah, We're really excited to have you on. So, so you wrote this book, Pandemic Blunder, uh, Fauci and Public Health Blocked Early Home COVID Treatment. So, so I guess um, a good place to start is... Uh, you know, what What brought you to the point of writing this book and a uh, little bit of your qualifications and whatnot? Yeah. Well, I worked uh, for 40 plus years on health-related issues, medical issues, health issues. And uh, I had enough of a background where I could read uh, the medical literature, the scientific literature. And so when the pandemic uh, began over a year ago now, I uh, I started to read the literature as well as, you know, keep in touch with websites. And the more I read the literature though, uh, the more I got convinced that the uh, US government was really messing things up. And of course I had worked, I have worked in Washington DC in the political world for decades. And I, uh, I knew about Fauci for a long time, but the more I got into it uh, when the pandemic began uh, and read the literature and looked at the data one thing jumped out at me that something didn't make sense. And, and what I do in the first chapter of the book, I just point something out that uh, unless I say it explicitly, most people won't think about it, but in the entire history of medicine, the entire history of medicine, there's always been one sort of guiding principle for physicians. And that is act as soon as you can when you have a patient that has any kind of illness or disease. You want to act quickly. And what got my attention at the very beginning of the pandemic was that it didn't seem the government was paying attention to this principle. That is, and, and what we were hearing from the beginning was Fauci was all over the media endlessly. And he had seemed to jump right over that first principle, acting quickly. And then of course, at the same time, I'm reading the literature and the work of some really pioneering physicians, Dr. Zelenko in New York, Dr. Fareed in California, Dr. Peter McCullough in Texas. In fact, uh, Dr. Zelenko wrote the forward for my book. And what these early pioneers in medicine were doing, and this goes back, by the way, to March 2020, Zelenko had already started to cure his patients with serious COVID. And he was dealing with an elderly 
population. He was a, a community physician, a frontline doctor. So they were curing people, these early doctors were curing people with relatively simple protocols. And yet when the government was in, got involved, they weren't paying attention to the cures. These are, were legitimate cures for COVID. And they, at the beginning, were using, of course, what later became controversial. They were using hydroxychloroquine. And that's what uh, Dr. Zelenko started to use. And that was based on research that he had picked up on research in France by a great doctor there, Dr. Didier. And uh, other doctors who were following Zelenko also started to use uh, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, Zelenko's contribution really was also that he added zinc to the protocol. I don't think the French had discovered that important uh, aspect of things. Zinc is a critical uh, part of the protocol because you need zinc to get the hydroxychloroquine into the cells, into the body. Uh, but uh, so in addition to that, they were also quickly discovering the need to have patients on high doses of vitamin D and vitamin C. So we had the, it's kind of this crazy paradox, you know, contradiction in a sense that we have the doctors in March of 2020 finding that they can cure patients with COVID, keep them out of the hospital. I want to emphasize that, keep them out of the hospital. That was a big feature of what Zelenko was saying. And of course, if you kept them out of the hospital and you acted quickly, they wouldn't die either. But at the same time, the problem with Fauci, he had skipped over that first step. And what was Fauci advocating from the very beginning? He was advocating the use of very expensive medicines like remdesivir, which doesn't work. And he was really advocating what we call contagion controls, you know, masking mandates, lockdowns, school closing, social distancing. And then quickly, Fauci also got on the bandwagon to promote vaccines. And he was, of course, influential in getting the Trump administration to spend a fortune on uh, getting dr big drug companies to uh, develop vaccines. Now, I want to emphasize that when you started to learn about Fauci, like I did, uh, one of the things you learn very quickly is that Fauci had a long history of working with big drug companies. He was tied up with big drug companies because of his uh, work decades earlier on AIDS. And the other thing about Fauci is he's a globalist. What was the other, his other big connections? Besides drug companies, he had a big connection with China and the Chinese Communist Party. It was Fauci who gave millions of dollars for the gain of function research at the Wuhan laboratory, from which I think the virus came from. And, and the other thing about Fauci is he had a long history of working with the World Health Organization. So, so you start to see these connections that Fauci had, and then you start, I, I, I kept scratching my head, why is he skipping over this, this early data from, from Zelenko and the other doctors where they were actually curing COVID patients with inexpensive medicines? I wanna emphasize that. These protocols that the early doctors were, were using cost next to nothing. Hydroxy was dirt cheap and then later hydroxy got sort of replaced in a sense uh, by ivermectin, which was just like hydroxy, these were both uh, generic drugs used for many decades, probably billions of prescriptions all over the world. 
very safe and FDA approved. I want to emphasize that. Uh, unlike the current vaccines, by the way, they're not FDA approved. Uh, so why Fauci? And why? The more I, you know, I then I started to write articles uh, after the uh, several months of the pandemic. I got really uh, angry about Fauci, and then I started to write articles published on a bunch of websites going after Fauci. And I called him a kind of new kind of war criminal. And uh, I, I think Fauci is basically guilty of a, of a, of a kind of homicide, uh, basically. You know, I, I, I say in my book and I, in lots of articles, uh, over 300,000 Americans have died unnecessarily. They could have been prevented because what I say in the last chapter of the book, I looked at all the data and I said, conservatively, 70 to 80% of COVID deaths in the United States, probably worldwide, uh, could have been prevented by the use of these Zelenko type protocols that we had a lot of experience with over many, many months. Uh, so 70 to 80%, by the way, just a week or two ago, one of the biggest physicians in the country very famous guy, uh, unbelievable, Peter McCullough in Texas, Baylor University, he upped my percentages and he said 85% of COVID deaths could have been prevented. So we're talking about big numbers when, you know, we have 560,000 official COVID deaths. So when you say 70 or 80% or 85% could have been prevented, we're talking about many hundreds of thousands of Americans that have died unnecessarily and are still dying. Any, any person who, who goes to the hospital, and typically they die in hospitals, but any person who dies from COVID these days, that's a tragedy, that's a calamity, it's a scandal, because nobody should be dying from COVID anymore when we have what's called these early home COVID treatments. By the way, the same protocols that work to cure patients with COVID also work in terms of prevention. They tend to be prophylactics. And in my book, by the way, the last chapter, there's a kind of protocol that you don't even need hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin for, because those can be hard to get. And I'll explain why if you want me to. So there's a, there's a protocol that's very simple that I, I've been taking for many months. Uh, and I know other people who take it now too. And that is you want to take zinc, and a supplement called quercetin, vitamin D, high dose, and vitamin C. What the quercetin is, it's a supplement that's been around forever. And the quercetin acts just like hydroxychloroquine. It gets the zinc into your cells in your body. So it's a protocol that's simple to use. Anybody can buy the vitamins and the supplements anywhere you buy them. And, and it, it works as a cure, but more, I take it because I think it's a preventive approach, okay? So it's a, what I want to emphasize is that these kinds of protocols act as an alternative to taking the vaccine. I mean, I'm not an anti-vaccine person and I'll tell you outright because of my age and I have a very serious heart condition, I took the vaccine a couple of months ago. Uh, but I'm, I'm in the unusual class. I'm 81 with a serious comorbidity, heart condition, and for me, I weighed the risks and the benefits. And I said, well, I'll take it. I still take my protocol, by the way, my zinc and quercetin every day. But, but essentially, I want to emphasize this. What we know, I follow the science really closely, okay? And I can tell you that most people, most Americans probably should not be taking the vaccine. I know that's a big statement. 
But the fact is the science does not support most people taking the vaccine. <clears throat> and there's a simple reason for this. Uh, I like Dr. Scott Atlas, who's on some TV and he's a, a, wise, a wise physician. I have a lot of respect for Scott Atlas. And he's pointed out like some other doctors have pointed out that there's a huge number of Americans now that got natural immunity because they were just young, young and healthy and they had natural immunity. And then others got a kind of immunity because they did get exposed to the virus, but they were asymptomatic or never had any serious problems. And there's probably more than 100 million Americans, way more probably, who have immunity without taking a vaccine to get immunity. And if you're less than 60 or 70 and you're relatively healthy, you're not gonna die from COVID. The statistics are very clear. <laughs> you can't die from COVID. It's almost impossible if you're younger than 60, certainly, and you're relatively, and you're pretty, pretty healthy. So that's my sort of big picture view. Fauci, I think, is really uh, an awful person, an evil person, a criminal person, because, because I, I wanna emphasize this. It's not just that he didn't support the Zelenko protocols and the hydroxy and the ivermectin. He actually is, was so powerful that he got the NIH and the FDA to officially, in writing, block the use of hydroxy and ivermectin. So the consequence of that is most physicians in the United States cannot prescribe to their patients hydroxy or ivermectin because the government still has a block, a roadblock to using them. And if you're a physician in the United States, it's very difficult to go against the official government guidance. So <laughs> I, I, I tested this out. I went to my uh, primary care physician months ago and I said, listen, will you prescribe me? I do research on this. I know a lot about it. Would you prescribe me some hydroxy or ivermectin? He said, no, no way. And if you go to your normal doctor, they'll give you the same response. They won't prescribe hydroxy or ivermectin because of, once the government says don't use it for COVID, all the major medical societies like the American Medical Association, which most doctors in the United States are not independent physicians. They work for hospitals or big healthcare organizations, okay? Mm -hmm. So they have to follow. Those organizations follow what the government says. So Fauci acting in his official role <laughs> really set up these roadblocks to these protocols, the, the early home treatment protocols. And it, it has blocked, I, statistically, I would say very few Americans have been able to get the use of these protocols. Even though there are still doctors every day prescribing hydroxy and ivermectin, they are a minority of physicians in the United States. Yeah. Well, I was going to say just real quick, too. So I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners um, are sitting there like, well, wait a minute, but he took the vaccine. So what I want to do, what I want to do is I really want to um, now there's so much here and there's I know you have so much awesome information. and I want to get into everything that's in the book and I want to. But I, eventually, after we get a lot of this information out, I'd be really curious to circle back around. Well, maybe I shouldn't use that word, but just come back around and maybe just never say that. Talk about the calculus, yeah. the calculus involved in, in making that decision. And I, and I just want to say, too, on the record, like I just support everybody's decision to make their own medical yes. choices for themselves. One hundred percent. Where we where we have the problem here is when they start telling me how to how to manage my health or where, yeah. where they put up restrictions to me being able to Absolutely. live my life on, on that. And so I are blocking blocking proper information and yeah. the truth from reaching yeah. us. That's a huge thing. Totally. Yeah. People totally. aren't totally. making informed decisions. Most 
people are not making informed totally. decisions. So, Dr. Hirshon, I don't want you at all to think that I'm like being judgmental or anything like that on, on your decision to do it. But I just really would like to know like like the the, the the decision that went into that, and I think our audience would love to hear that too. So I'll, we'll get back to that if that's all right, because there's so much good information here. Okay, whatever you want. Oh, sure. totally, totally. But um, anyway, well, I want to kind of start back to back to the, the beginning of this thing because I I've been following this thing the whole time. I mean, we started our podcast because of what was going on, right? Like we, oh, really? we knew this thing was off right from the get go, and I remember seeing the article from the French doctor was it dd deru or DDA, yeah yeah, yeah. DDA. Like, i remember seeing that and i was like look it they have a cure and it was just brushed brushed under the rug right away mm-hmm. right and, Absolutely. I, and and then and then it was uh um the doctor you were talking about in new york uh zelenko zelenko and he and he was healing tons of people mm-hmm. and and then and then it was what it was he sent it to trump right he sent i think he sent it was, a, a letter it was to trump Mm-hmm. Well, actually, three doctors, uh, the background story on Trump, three doctors got access to the White House. It was Zelenko and two others. And they showed the uh, the staff, the doctors actually at the White House, their data. And this was early, fairly early. And that's why Trump took the hydroxy, because the the uh, he wouldn't have taken it if his own doctors in the White House hadn't seen the data. And the data totally supported the use of hydroxychloroquine. Uh, I don't know whether he took zinc with it, and he didn't stay on it. Actually, he took it as a preventive. And the thing is, when you take it as a preventive, you still need to take the hydroxy about once a week for for maybe a, a number of months, okay? Because hydroxy stays in the body for a long period of time. So you start out on a fairly you know good dose. But then after the first week or so, you can only need, you need one pill a week, basically, and, and you will stay healthy and, and you won't get COVID. I think Trump <laughs> didn't stay on it as a preventive. Uh, and so he eventually did get the COVID. Yeah. Well, and, and here we're we try to promote natural as much as possible. We, I mean, Absolutely. We're, we're all about, you know, um, you know, you're seeing finding a naturopathic doctor and, and working on your diet and exercise and getting, yes, getting sunlight. And, and so, you know, we we try to stay away from pharmaceuticals as much as possible. We do. But yeah. at this at the same time, though, it's just undeniable what happened with this, because mm-hmm. it was it was I mean, there was all these great studies and they're just burying them. And then as soon as Trump took it, that's where the, the tides changed. Well, and it just see, that's what happened. You said the right word. It got political. And so the anti-Trump forces, which were numerous, particularly in the mainstream media, they went after hydroxy as a way of attacking Trump. And so they gave uh, hydroxy a bad name. And and just to show you what what extremes, how corrupt the whole system is, because two medical research papers were published in two of the biggest medical journals in the world, the Lancet in England and the New England Journal of Medicine. They were papers criticizing hydroxychloroquine. And what happened? Those papers, those articles had to be withdrawn after a short term because they were phony. Yeah. But it just shows you how corrupt. When I talk about corruption, it's, 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 it's the medical journals because where do you think medical journals get their money from? Big drug companies. Oh yeah. Okay. So everywhere you look, you see corruption. And when you said when that the Lancet poll, poll retracted that study, that is not something that happens. 
That that is, I, oh, I, I think it's been it's been many years since they'd ever done that before. So it right. was it was a very big deal. And as soon as the study came out, doctors started pointing out this doesn't make sense, and they couldn't no. provide the data because it was all BS. Yeah, absolutely phony. It was a scandal. And by the way, even again, those journals are so corrupt because the editors of those journals kept publishing, you know, editorials against the early home treatment, against hydroxy, against ivermectin. So the corruption is everywhere. You know, this is a tough battle to win when you're promoting something like this early home treatment for COVID. Yeah. Well, there wasn't any money to be made in early home treatment. No no money at all. And then... (laughs) Oh, go ahead. All the money to be made from vaccines. And then Fauci pushed through, basically illegally, it's in my book, he pushed pushed through that remdesivir, yeah. which was a, another phony thing. It, it, it couldn't even pass muster. And he never even let the, let the clinical trial go to completion. And yet he got, he got the FDA to approve its use, okay? And it doesn't even work. Everyone who's researched this has said the same thing. Why would you take a $5,000 drug in a hospital that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You want to stay out of the hospital. That's my big point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. interesting thing, like, so um, I'm looking at this article here from, from on FDA, FDA.gov. It's a news release. It was a press release. that was released back in March 19, 2020. It says, coronavirus COVID-19 update. FDA continues to facilitate development of treatments. And if you scroll down, it literally says, the FDA has been working closely with other government agencies and academic centers and are investigating the use of the drug chloroquine which is already approved for treating malaria, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, which is really interesting. So I saw that and immediately I'm like, wait a minute, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. I'm like, well, what's the difference? And you look it up, you know, here's a PubMed uh, uh, NIH article uh, that says, that talks about how um, the difference is, is that actually chloroquine is way more dangerous than hydroxychloroquine. And so what, you know, it said, this study says of the 31 patients receiving chloroquine alone, six developed toxicity in contrast to the 66 patients receiving hydroxychloroquine, none developed any sort of retinopathy toxicity or anything. So one of the things I want to emphasize, it's in my book, but there were, there was a lot of bad press for a lot of studies that concluded supposedly that hydroxy didn't work. You know, I and other people who who can read the medical literature, a lot of good doctors have looked into this. All of those studies that had negative results for hydroxy were basically not to be trusted. Mm -hmm. They either used hydroxy in too high a dose or they used hydroxy on hospitalized patients way too late. I wanna emphasize the hydroxy and the zinc and all of that only works within the first three or four or five days of somebody getting COVID or getting a positive test. Once you start to have people in the hospital from COVID and then you give them hydroxy, it's too late. The way hydroxy works and ivermectin works, they kill the virus in the first phase. There are three phases of the disease. And the first phase is, is the replic- what they call the replication phase. So the virus starts to multiply in your body. That's when you've got to get these protocols into your body. That it, once you kill that first phase, you're home free. You're not, you're not going to die. You're not going to go to the hospital. But what happened with these studies, they gave hydroxy too late. They gave it in the wrong amount. They often gave it without zinc, which was critical, very important. So you couldn't trust all of these published studies that the media, now again, the, the, the mainstream media is as guilty as Fauci yes. in, yes. In, 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 in keeping the public in a state of fear, yes. but not well-informed, okay? Right. Right. 
people ask me, right, why did I write the book? I wrote the book because of the need to get good information out to the public. The public is being fed propaganda from the mainstream media, from Fauci, the government, the medical establishment. And that's why people are still dying from COVID unnecessarily. Yep, absolutely. And wasn't it uh, Fauci's own NIH that had been looking into hydroxychloroquine years before because of the first SARS? Yes, and hydroxy, again, a a great record. Again, bad bad reports kept coming out about side effects from hydroxy, like heart problems or things like that. All nonsense. Scientifically, pure nonsense. Right. Just, and ivermectin is the same way. People, the Washington Post, just within the last week, the Washington Post had a front page story going after ivermectin. Mm. I couldn't believe it. A front page story. Ivermectin is as safe as you can possibly imagine. Been around forever. Used for a variety of diseases. FDA approved. Mm. And yet the Washington Post felt the need at this point in the pandemic to go after ivermectin. Amazing. Agenda, agenda, agenda. agenda, agenda. It's all yeah. connected. Just your daily reminder oh. that Jeff Bezos owns Washington Post and then and it serves him very much <laughs> yeah. to have this yeah. lockdown and this pandemic continuing at full, yes. full blast. Yes. And with yes. this hydroxychloroquine though too, like it, it has been around, I think it's 65 plus years yes. it's been around, yes. but they would give it to pregnant women going to like out of countries where you where you might get malaria or something they would pregnant Absolutely. they would prescribe it it's over the counter it's over the counter yeah. in many countries right and and by the way in the last year and there's interesting data in my book about this there are a number of countries and places where they were handing out hydroxychloroquine and then later they've been handing out ivermectin okay <laughs> and there's a wonderful story in my book very quickly what happened in switzerland yeah. switzerland the, 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 when, when the pandemic hit Switzerland, they had a very low rate of deaths and hospitalizations. Why? They were giving out hydroxychloroquine. And then for some stupid reason, the government, probably because of the bad press and the media and all of that, they cut off the hydroxychloroquine. What happened? The data went through the roof. All of a sudden, people were dying and going into the hospital. Happened very quickly when they cut off the hydroxy. What happened with the government in Switzerland they were smart enough. They put back the hydroxychloroquine into the hands of the people. What happened? The data on deaths and hospitalizations went right back down. Mm-hmm. So you had an interesting kind of uh, experiment, so to speak, in Switzerland, proving how effective hydroxy was. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is really interesting how the media handles all this stuff because you don't, you would never hear that on the on the news in <laughs> in the United States. You just wouldn't hear yeah. anything about it. But I you mean, know. Absolutely. You know, there's no good news when it comes to the pandemic. The one thing you learn from the media is they don't want to give the public good news. I mean, the good news is we have a we've had a covid cure since March of 2020 over Mm -hmm. a year. They don't want to put that good news out. Mm -hmm. Well, big pharma and the media are two fingers on the same arm. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's and regulatory agencies and the government in general. Right. Um, Right. I mean, and the, the banks and the corporations, I mean, it's all... Well, when you they, follow it all back up to the yeah. same handful of people, yep. everyone, you know, crosses over and is connected to everything else. It's just yep. mind-boggling. Yep, absolutely. And, and I would go, you know, coming from, you know, uh, the informed consent world, the world of, uh, you, know, um, you know, medical, like... I believe right from the start that before we ever had any treatments, they were talking about a vaccine mm-hmm. before they, they, they were talking about how the vaccine would save us be, be like probably what April, May last year. Yeah, right. 
Like, I mean, it was, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was already in what we have is we have a history of trying to make a coronavirus vaccine that has failed miserably for 17 years. So, and now yeah. here. Can I just uh, give you a little technical point sure. that you may not have heard this. Sure. These, these COVID vaccines are really unusual, yeah. historically speaking. You know, previous vaccines in, from decades ago, polio vaccine, whatever, even flu vaccines, all these old kinds of vaccines had one thing in common. They would actually kill the virus, okay? They, will, they would kill what was bad in your body. I want to emphasize that the COVID vaccines that are out there right now being used, they do not kill the virus. They are engineered to create a kind of artificial immunity in your body by creating spike proteins, the kind of these pictures you've seen of the coronavirus. So this is a really big difference. They, so once you get the vaccine, but the point is you can still have the virus in you or you can still get the virus and you can still transmit the virus because the vaccine does not kill the coronavirus, okay? And that's why there's a whole lot of doubts. I mean, I read the literature every day and I can tell you, I deal with a lot of great doctors around the country. There are a lot of physicians now having serious reservations. And then one thing you don't wanna ever get behind is a mandate for vaccines. Right. You know, it's like a mandate for masking. None of this makes any scientific sense. Right, absolutely. I will, I will disagree with you on one point that I think I do believe that many of our, our vaccines that we have don't stop transmission. And uh, just the, the greatest example is the pertussis vaccine. Pertussis runs rampant, even though there's a vaccine out there. So um, there, there I don't are know some that stop. What's that? I don't know anything about that one. But in the past, the way vaccines, the scientific basis, was sure. that they were designed to destroy right. what was bad in your body. Right. These new vaccines, not even designed to do that. Right. Sure. sure. Right. No, no. And this, it it almost feels like, and I'll give my own. This is my own opinion. It feels like this was to get the door into the mRNA vaccines. This was to get them yeah. in the door, like because they, they, you know, they they've been working on these. Like you know, Moderna. This is their first product, but they didn't just get formed yesterday. You know, right. this, this is what they're about. So this got the mRNA in 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 the people. It's always follow the money. It's you know you can't go wrong. Follow the money, okay? So we'll we'll see where this goes. But right now, you know, they put the pores on the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and there are some physicians who believe that we're going to see negative impacts of the vaccine, but maybe not for six months or a year yeah. after people have taken the vaccine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We talked to Dr. James Lyons Weiler, uh, who you know in the. The idea of uh, immunity enhancement, as he's coined it, uh, pathogenic priming, which is what we saw in the previous coronavirus vaccines, where you know when these when these uh, ferrets were re-exposed to the virus, the virus instead of being fought off, was the virus latched on and wreaked havoc, and it was a cytokine storm. And I'm not saying we, I, there, I think there could be some evidence of this happening right now, but I mean we're it's no, I agree. To this I, out. I can tell you that what what some of the researchers are are talking about and thinking about is that if you give this vaccine to somebody who already has immunity because maybe they were exposed to the virus, that's the trouble, the troubling issue here. If they already have immunity and then you give them this vaccine, you're sort of doing something that's really could be screwing up their bodies. 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. essentially you're making their their body into this machine to make these antibodies to fight this spike protein, right? right? It's this whole new way of doing things. And really, it shouldn't even be called a vaccine. It's really, it's kind of a gene therapy. Experimental. Yeah, experimental. Yeah. And, and the word should be experimental. I want yeah. to emphasize these yeah. vaccines are not FDA approved. Yeah. Right. This is all based on what they call emergency use, or, uh, use authorization, yeah. okay? They didn't go through the rigorous testing, clinical trials, that they needed to go through. They were they were really pushed through quickly. So they're not approved. And, and it's crazy because Fauci kept going after hydroxychloroquine for not having enough, you know, clinical trial evidence. Wow, which is sheer nonsense. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would just just on that note, and I'm just gonna, would like your opinion on this, just being under emergency use authorization, you know. I mean, we are seeing across our country right now that there are there are places of work. Um, you know, I mean, it's talked about in a lot of places, but there have certainly jobs have already been mandating this. That has happened at this time, right? So, do you think there's they're going to get away with this legally? Is there any precedence that legally they can get away with it? I think private companies can get away with just about anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the government won't be able to mandate the vaccines. They'd love to, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think they can. <clears throat> can I bring? A, I'll tell you something new that it's in my book, then I wrote a recent article about this because nobody knows about it. And that is in 2016, a federal law was passed. It was called the Cures Act, 2016, mind you, okay? And if you go back and look into what does that act mandate, it mandates the use of what they call the phrases, real world evidence. It was put into the law so that guys like Fauci couldn't argue that you had to have randomized clinical trials before you could get a drug approved. Mm -hmm. Real world evidence. And interesting, the only person who ever invoked this was Zelenko. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And somebody tipped him off and he used the phrase real world evidence. And nobody's paying attention to this. So with all the bad things that Fauci has done that I can talk about, he's also broken the federal law. Oh yeah. Because if he would have followed that 2016 law, he would have recognized all the real world evidence for the effectiveness of those early home treatment protocols like Zelenko's protocol. And he didn't do it. Interesting. I mean, I would, I mean, you've said 80%, 70, 80% if we, if we would use these early home protocols. And I, I would say if you add in all of the motorcycle accidents, the heart attacks, <laughs> you know, the, um, the cancer patients who didn't go in, you know, all these other things that we know were happening, you know, I mean, what what percentage do we have left? Yeah. And then you take in New York and to into that right. case example where where I mean, we have you know insiders in the hospital and they are just literally killing people with uh, ventilators. Yeah, and it's just it's the care. It's the, and it's maybe not intentional, but they're anyone who's there can use a ventilator, but they're not trained on it. And it's just people are just dying left and right, and it's just moving through as quick as you can. And you got, I mean, there's if you, if you take all these things into into consideration, what do we have left? It was, it's certainly not a pandemic. I'll tell you one thing, you can't trust hardly any of the data. Yeah. <laughs> the Absolutely. fact is the data on cases is next to meaningless, okay? Right. Because you, the PCR test, which is used, is, is, is totally manipulated. It's yeah. in my book, but a lot of people have know, know this now. If you wanna get a positive test for COVID, Believe me, any laboratory knows how to manipulate the PCR test and you'll get a positive test result. So the case data, I don't trust at all. I think it it overstates the problem. And then you can trust, as you say, I think, 
you can't trust the death data also. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of what happened was, and you probably know this perhaps, is that the government created a perverse incentive to hospitals. They would pay the hospitals more money yeah. if a death in the hospital was described as a COVID death, okay? The hospital gets more money. So what's happened with, you know, a lot of people die in hospitals and they may die with COVID in their body, which can be found during an autopsy or whatever, but they didn't necessarily die from COVID, okay? Right, right, right. And that's the big distinction. So what data can you trust? Not a whole lot of data, except I trust the data coming from Zelenko and for Reading, California and, and others, McCullough in Texas, who say, by the way, two of these famous doctors, McCullough and uh, another guy I can't think of right now, they, uh, they got COVID and what did they take? They took ivermectin mm. and, and these doctors cured themselves very quickly by using these protocols that yeah, I'm talking I've about. I've heard him speak. He's amazing. Yeah. Definitely a lot of respect there for sure. Totally. Uh, the one other one that you haven't mentioned, though, I, I would ask you about, uh, what do you think of budesonide? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there are now a, a whole handful of, of these drugs that definitely seem to work. There's no doubt about it. The only question is, can, can they be given to uh, outpatients? Can they be given in terms of home treatment? Or a lot of these drugs that people are talking about are really designed to be given to people in the hospital. And you got to make that distinction. There's a whole lot of things, uh, anti-inflammatories and things like that, that only can be given to hospitalized patients. My point is, you want to keep people out of the hospital. Mm. That was the whole point from Zelenko from the very beginning. Sure. Keep people out of the hospital. But you don't even need all these complex, if you act quickly with the hydroxy or the ivermectin, trust me, you don't need a lot more medicines if you act quickly enough. In those first three, four, five days, maybe six, act quickly enough, you, you stem the, the replication phase when it's just starting in your body. And once you do that, you're home free. You know, it's, it's funny, the irony of it all, because, you know, how they sold this thing, this whole thing to us at the starting was two weeks to flatten the curve. Mm. And, it, you know, there was the tents outside of all the hospitals. Like, we don't want to, you know, overrun these hospitals. But here we are. We're not giving them like basically you can't do anything. You can't do anything. Well, that's what's crazy now about, you know, here they are selling the vaccines at the same time. Fauci, once again, is saying, well, you got to keep wearing the mask, you know. Mm. You know, he's still pushing lockdowns and school closings and social distancing as if, tell me, either the vaccines work and you're home free or they don't work and you still got to act as if you're in trouble. And I think this contradiction is, is beginning to hit the public. The media may not cover it, but I think the public is beginning to understand this doesn't make any sense. Why is Fauci keep saying, you know, we're, we're two masks, in fact, don't, it's not just one. He's still pushing things like lockdowns everywhere he can. So it, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Again, I don't think most people need the vaccines. And I think, I, think, I think the public, I think we're just at the turning point. I think within the next several weeks, a month or so, I think the government is gonna have an increasingly difficult job of convincing more and more Americans to take the vaccine. Again, I think I'm the exception. I think if you're old with a serious health problem, I think you can justify in your own mind uh, taking the vaccine, okay? But not most people. Sure.
Um, so I, I'd want to ask you this. So in your book, you talk about the four pillars of pandemic management, right? Yeah. yeah. I was wondering yeah. if you could maybe tell, touch on that a little bit, describe what those are and say maybe if you were in charge of public health policy, like how would you have handled this from day one? Well, for, uh, the four pillars are first, the way I set the four pillars up is, is the first one is early home treatment. Okay. This is, uh, you know, people that can be treated by their, their physicians uh, as, as, uh, and then the second pillar was in fact the, uh, you know, pandemic, pandemic controls, uh, the contagion controls. And the third pillar was uh, medicines for hospitalized patients. And then the fourth pillar was vaccines. Uh, but if I was in charge, if I was a public health official, and by the way, this let me uh, take a little side trip. Sure. I always get amused by the fact that the, the media keeps characterizing Fauci as a public health official. Yeah. He has never, been a public health official. He is not credentialed or qualified to be a public health official. His only qualification was he was trained as a physician. And the reason I say this, there is a, a legitimate profession of public health, okay? And we have schools of public health. We have lots of public health officials at the local and state levels. Uh, we have them at CDC. If you're a public health official, what, what is your moral obligation, your professional obligation? It is whenever you advocate a public health action, you have to look at both the positive and negative consequences of the public health action. I wanna say this, Fauci has never done that. Whenever he has always advocated something, he only gives the positive side. He doesn't give the negative side. And now we have a ton of research showing that more people will probably die from the lockdowns and school closings yes. Yes. than will have died from COVID itself in the final analysis. Yes. Because that's just, we've had a tremendous amount of research now that shows that masking doesn't work, lockdowns don't work, okay? They just don't work effectively to stop the, the pandemic or the virus, okay? So is Fauci a public health official? This is crazy. He's not, by the way, interesting fact, again, doesn't get talked about. Where does Fauci's power come from? It's just not his position, by the way, as the highest paid federal employee, but he has one other source of great power. And this never gets mentioned in the media. He has such a huge budget at the National Institutes of Health every year, and this has been going on for decades, he can give out, does give out, three to four billion dollars in grants. Where do you think that money goes and who does it control? It controls the whole medical establishment, all the, all the people in universities and research laboratories living off of those NIH grants. Three to four billion dollars a year. Let me tell you something, I've had doctors tell me this, if you're getting money from Fauci's part of NIH, you're not going to speak out like I speak out against Fauci. Mm -hmm. right. Because your existence depends on keep getting that grant money every year from Fauci. That's right. where his power comes from. It's that money. Absolutely. Yep. I, I like I like kicking a man while he's down or a man like Fauci when he's down. Let's get let's get into some of this stuff where uh yeah, exactly, right? We came here we came here to do the dirt, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> 
I want to uh, talk a little bit about maybe people, I'm sure some people know a little bit about his history. We alluded to it earlier, you know, back in the 80s, you know, with his research with the AIDS epidemic and when it was breaking out. And, uh, you know, I have said on the show, and we have t-shirts in our store that say, Fauci gave us all AIDS. Is that a fair assessment? That Fauci gave the world AIDS? <laughs> well, the one thing that I learned, I didn't go uh, into a lot of depth on this. Well, the one thing I learned when I went back and looked at the AIDS story is that Fauci did something when he was dealing with AIDS exactly the way he did it with this pandemic. He held back the use of a critical drug. He held it back for a long period of time. And during that period of time, a lot of people died from AIDS. Yeah. And those deaths could have been prevented if Fauci had not put the roadblock up against the use of, I forget what the drug was at the time. AZT but was it? I, I forget it, I'm honest with you. Yeah. But he did the, it's exactly what he's done in terms of this yep. pandemic. He's blocked, he blocked an effective drug for AIDS, and now he's blocked these effective protocols for the coronavirus or COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So he has to say, he's, he's, he's playing from the same deck of cards again, mm -hmm. you know? He, I think he's an evil person, you know? Yep. And, and the he's fact a psychopathic that, murderer. He is. You know, I, I, I use the term criminally negligent homicide. <laughs> Uh, very uh, kind <laughs> and the same thing for governor cuomo in new york yeah. uh same kind of evil uh yep. Absolutely. but that's you know hit me with anything else you want me to talk about that. let's see uh, so one more thing like here so i know that uh and i don't know if you, you're able to speak on this or not but uh, i know johns hopkins university comes up a lot yes um, and i'm 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 in that i work in the johns hopkins hospital okay, okay. I'm, yeah Cool. So, uh, I mean, I don't know, like we see like the event 201, Johns Hopkins, you know, like, um, stuff like that. Like, do you, I guess I don't want to put you in any sort of precarious situation, but do you see there any complicity on their part? Well, I don't see complicity. I mean, what I'm saying is the whole medical establishment mm -hmm. is basically been corrupted yeah. yes. in a number of ways. Okay. So who do you trust? I mean, there were some great doctors, Harvey Reich from Yale university, a physician and epidemiologist. He's a magnificent person, uh, just an incredible guy, tells the truth all the time. And then we have, you know, 10 or 20 of these doctors, I've mentioned the names of some of them, that are terrific. And they are out there all the time trying to get media attention. And I, you know, I'm trying to get media attention for my book. But yeah. the point is, we're in a, I'm, I'm on the losing side of this battle. Why? Because the truth tellers, okay, like Zelenko and me and Reich and all these other doctors, we're on the losing side because what are we going up against? We're going up against the whole mainstream leftist media. Yes. We're going yes. up against Fauci and the government. Yes. We're going yes. up against the medical establishment, okay? And the big drug companies. How can you win this battle? It's, it's, it's a really tough situation. So. Are, are there, you know, I listen sometimes to Hopkins doctors and I disagree with them, but mm -hmm. there's a, one or two Hopkins doctors, if you see them on, well, the Fox News shows, they usually put on a, a great uh, doctor from uh, Hopkins and he's great. He tells the truth. So you have to, you know, listen closely to each and every one of these doctors who get some attention on the media. I think Fox News is the only uh, entity basically who's put a lot of the good doctors on the shows, Tucker and, and, uh, and all the other shows on Fox News, they've had some good doctors on, honest doctors telling the truth, but nowhere else, 
basically, there are some conservative websites. I publish on some conservative websites. Uh, but basically, this is a tough battle to win. You know, we have the podcast like yours, uh, and I've been doing a fair amount of podcasts lately. Because again, it's only through the truth-telling podcast that you can hope to get some of the uh, honest information out to the public. You can't, the mainstream media, the, the major news uh, network channels, you know, CNN, MSNBC, mm. all of them, they, they lie every day. Fully corrupt. Totally corrupt. Yeah. Totally corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> they only want to keep the fear up in order to maintain the power and control the control of yeah. the political establishment yeah. over over our constitutional freedoms. Yeah. I want to emphasize, I mean, I tend to be a libertarian. Yeah. I, I don't like the fact that our constitutional freedoms and liberties are being, you know, stolen from us yes. uh, in this pandemic. There's no justification for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I was going to ask too. So speaking of that, like, so you, you do, you deal with doctors on a daily basis. Like what is the consensus? Do you feel like they like maybe some that weren't quite as awake, before or starting to wake up or, I mean, I no. don't know. I mean, as no, as, no, no I'm, I'm sad to tell you, uh, you know, I'm a member, I'm a member of three groups, actually, uh, two organizations, uh, America's frontline doctors mm -hmm. and the, uh, association of American physicians and surgeons. Then I'm a member of a, a kind of Google group networking group. And I can tell you that the number of, of people on my side, and I think your side, stays about the same, okay? Uh, there's been no real growth. So statistically speaking, uh, we don't see a lot of physicians either in the US or Canada. I'm dealing also with the doctors in Canada and Europe. And we don't see a lot of people coming over to, to the light here, to the, to the uh, good side of this mm -hmm. issue. Uh, not at all. Uh, again, I think the level of corruption and the power of Fauci and money and drug companies it's pretty tough to beat this uh, mm. with getting the, the truth out, okay? Well, they silence the truth, too, as, as fast yeah. as they can. And so, you know, even yeah. people who want the truth and they want to hear a different narrative, it's it's not easy to dig. I mean, if you don't... Absolutely. Before I started podcasting, I didn't know about podcasting. Like, if you don't know where to go and look Absolutely. and hear a different perspective and hear different evidence and hear doctors who are speaking, like, you know, and that's a huge reason why, you know, like, you know, we have good friends in this, you know, in po podcasting industry that are getting, you know, their YouTube accounts, you know, taking hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, mm -hmm. they give out great, you know, researched, documented, you oh, know, yeah, information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and it's happened to us a couple times now too, where we've had, you know, really good sound information and evidence, you know, taken down and meet within hours of it going up. And it, and it's gotten oh, yes. to be such a stronghold and really it, it's kind of made people kind of do this little sheep herding thing down into these narrow little, you know, slots to slaughter because people feel that there isn't another option because they're not able to access the information and the media and big pharma made sure of it. You're absolutely correct. I'm with you hundred percent. And I want to say this, when Zelenko, he got all of his data and he wanted to publish the data, he couldn't get the major medical journals to publish his, his scientific and medical research. Couldn't get it. And I've heard this, by the way, countless times, okay? This has happened over and over again. You can't get the right good information out to people. Um, so I'm with you 100%. That's why I'm happy to do podcasts like this. And if you got some friends and can you send me their contact info, totally. get me on Absolutely. more. Oh, yeah. Get me, you know, I'd love to get on more podcasts because yeah. I can't, by the way, yeah. my book, which is an honest book, right? Truth-telling book. 
It has never been mentioned in any mainstream media outlet, oh, okay? Yeah, I doubt it would be. Absolutely no not. No I I did want to comment. One of the groups you said was America's uh, frontline doctors, though. Yeah. That's probably about the biggest level of censorship we've ever seen. I mean, mm -hmm. they were the yeah. ones who spoke out. What was it? July when they when really they came on. out and they were at the, they were in Washington D.C. and yeah. it hit like a million views or so. And I mean, all I hear from people in the last number of months is that whatever they tried to get up on YouTube was taken down. Yeah. Okay, there's still true. I've I've complained about mainstream media, but I should have also emphasize it's not just mainstream media, it's corporate social media. Social media is a big one. Yeah, social media sure. is a big one. Now, I, I must say, because of my age probably, I never was into social media. Yeah. I never was, okay? So they couldn't take me down because I never was into it mm -hmm. to begin with. And some people have said to me, they're amazed that my book is still up on Amazon. Yeah, well, we are. <laughs> okay, it, it seems to be doing fairly well. I, I work hard every day promoting the book. But at least it's still up on Amazon. Yes. Uh, and at least the podcast that I'm doing, it's, it's helping to get the word out. But I agree that you know, people ask me, why did I do the book? I didn't do it to make money. I'm not going to make any money off of it. I did it to get good information out to more of the public. That's our job. Your job and my job is mm -hmm. to get Americans better informed and a positive story that they don't have to suffer from COVID-19. They don't have to get sick. They don't have to go to the hospital. They don't have to die. They don't have okay? to live in fear. They don't have to live in fear. But that's <laughs> how do we stop it? Okay. That's it. This is the tough part. We'll um, just keep doing what we're doing because this is yeah, the right way to the light. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I just think, I think it's so important too because I, I mean, I look back at like, to me, when I'm reading this, this is, I've, I've heard a lot of the things in this book over the last year. But this is a good chronicling of it because, you know, I mean, they're trying to change. They will try to wipe this from history. Yes, they, they will. They, oh, yes. So this this is this is going to be the real history of what happened of, of the coronavirus pandemic, really. Right. So um, I, I think it's really important to have it written down and in a form that's, you know, anyone can read. And yeah, that's I, I, I had published uh, in my long career uh, a bunch of other nonfiction books. OK, I didn't want to write a big, thick book. Sure. I used to be an academic. I wanted to write a book that was readable, that ordinary Americans, I've had people tell me they can read this in one night. Okay, that's great. Glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. okay. So I get a lot of good feedback. Uh, there's some great reviews on the Amazon really? site. And uh, and I'm, I'm getting a lot of support, at least from people who, who want the truth and appreciate the truth. Yes. But as, as you three know, I'm sure this is a difficult job that we all have, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Upward battle against the unseen uh, enemy, which is wholly corrupt and evil. So yeah, it, it is a lot difficult. Of power. Unlimited but, but, but darkness cannot cover the light. And so in the end, though, the light beam may be they may be small. There are many, many of us out there trying to shine it and, and it will all it will all be made known. And, and by the way, over the many months I was writing articles and everything, I would always, I got Fauci's email address, okay? <laughs> Please give I would it always up. send him emails with my articles and what I was doing. Never got a response. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Ooh, okay. Fauci's emails. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Miss Dr. Fauci, come please defend your position, please. Yeah. Oh, no, please. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that would be great. Awesome. We, you know, I, I, as a, a father of young children and, and as a mother uh, next to me here, uh, of you know, I, I just there is a duty for us to to get this light out there, right? And it's it's a, this is about the the 
the world we leave our kids. That's right. that's what this is about, Absolutely. and give them a fighting chance. So that's yeah. um, this is so important. This yep. is so important because we we can't lose this. Because right. yeah, once, well, if we lose it, then you know we set a, a precedent. Yes. You know that the you know the, the evil powers, the drug companies, and the Fauci's of the world will know that they can keep doing it. Right. You know, if they get away with it this time, I mean, just look at the devastating impact of this pandemic on the on the world. Right. Not just the U.S., oh, yeah. right. the whole world. And the only economy that has prospered in this pandemic is the Chinese economy. Mm. <laughs> oh, I hate Imagine that. that. Imagine they, that. Knew, they knew what they were doing. They knew yeah. what they were doing. Yep. Awesome. Well, Dr. Hirshon, why don't you tell us real quick about where everybody can find the book? But, well, the easiest place is on Amazon. They discount the price. It's a cheap place. The Kindle edition is uh, either zero cost if you're a Kindle user or five bucks. So it, it's it's the easiest way to get it. It's the all the stores and 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 all the places that sell books sell the, sell the, my book. Awesome. But it, it's only on Amazon that I can sort of follow the data a little bit and see how I'm doing uh, every day. You know how the sales seem to be going. Uh, so I you know I push Amazon because again uh, it's it's cheap for people. It's easy. Most people find it easy to buy uh, their books on Amazon. The Kindle is a really good deal. I, I signed up originally when I put the book out. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll sign into this whole Kindle thing because there are people who subscribe to Kindle. Uh, the book doesn't cost them anything. It's a zero cost. And if they aren't subscribed, it's five bucks. So, you know, it's still cheap. Awesome. Wow. You guys anything else? I don't think so. No, thank awesome. you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. Believe me, I don't get it on NBC News. Uh, <laughs> no way. Certainly. No way. So and we will definitely. We're uh, going to share your information with some of the other podcasters. That yeah, if you can get, you know, I'm trying to, it, it would be helpful to me. Uh, I think I got to you through somebody. Yep. Who, our friend Ricky, Ricky Verandas, yep. Ripple Effect yep. Podcast. Yep. Shout out to Ricky. Yes. Ricky did a great yep. job yep. helping me out. And uh, if you can do the same, that would be much appreciated. Absolutely, you got it. we will. All right, Dr. Hershon, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You. Have, Have a wonderful evening. evening. Good night. Bye-bye. Uh, California, right? You're California. Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Yeah. 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 yeah, where are you at? I'm in Maryland, right outside oh, Washington. Gotcha. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, we're both kind of in the belly of the beast, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, had, I spent a lot of time in Portland, Oregon years ago. Okay. So. okay. That's changed quite a bit. <laughs> we try to avoid there now. Yeah, yeah we try to avoid it. <laughs> so, Thank you. All right, Dr. Hershaw, good night. Bye-bye. But at the same time, I so do, we honor I, his decision I, I to do for his right to make himself. For Absolutely. Himself. I respect that. Just respect ours because we're not yeah. taking that fucking vaccine. So not fuck off. Yep. yep. I was just thinking that today. I was like, I was getting so upset thinking about all these things. I was just like, they can, you can take my head with the fucking guillotine before you're going to put the needle yeah. in my arm, you fucks. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Can we record? We have to wait for that thing to, to be done. No, we're still recording this okay. whole time. Like, let's so just go. Can, let's can just we, go. But okay. you're gonna cut out some of this. Stuff. Yeah, though, no, from right here, like we'll just we'll cut okay. it up until right here. So. Wow, dude. Yeah, that was great, guys. I know I really appreciate him coming yep. on. I, like I said, I feel like this is like kind of a chronicling of the last year and some yep. of the things we saw. Again, I am want to put it out there that I 100% support natural. Um, healing and, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and different things like I'm really I, I think there is some truth to that these drugs might have saved people but I would rather just not use drugs at all and just people like you know eat healthy um, go outside you know uh, take some vitamin C some vitamin D some zinc you know don't wear a mask 
Yeah, don't wear a mask. Like, <laughs> like the these worst are the thing you could do. That we stand for, <laughs> but I do think that there is some points though that um, you know, if the a lot of America that doesn't want to do those things, yeah. if they would have taken these preventative drugs as opposed to ended up in the hospital system, there's no doubt that we would have had less deaths. So, so I will acknowledge that. Um, I do feel like we need to kill a couple of elephants in the room, though. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> first of all, you know, we in no way support Amazon. That no. is not our agenda and what we stand for. But, you know, I, you know, this, our guests get to uh, stand for themselves. So, yep. so and I, I would, I do recommend his book and try to find his yep. book where you can. It really is a, a great book. So, um, there it is. And then the last one is, you know, um, obviously his cost benefit ratio led him to decide to take this vaccine. And I think we've all been very clear that we do not, we're against this vaccine 110%. And that did not change our views on that. Um, but, you know, but we I, fully honor and appreciate his ability, like you say, to, to, to make, make those decisions yeah. for his, himself. Yeah. Well, you come at me with that vaccine. You come at me with that vaccine. Yeah. You my body, it. my choice. That's yeah. what it comes yeah. down to. Exactly. There, this, we're reclaiming that yep. that saying for, yep. for something for humanity. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, um, so, but yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for sticking with us, guys. Uh, yeah, another great truthzilla. Yeah, that was one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, I loved good. that visit. I'd like that to have. Him. I, I want now. I want to add him to the list of like our doctor roundtable that I yep. want to yeah. do. Okay, actually. totally. I, I really liked his energy yeah, and just the way that he was able to explain himself. So. Totally. I just wish we could go harder on Fauci. I want to go more. I want more. I want more dirt. <laughs> well, I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, we didn't touch on him. We didn't we touch peel. on him financially benefiting from his patents. Yeah, we didn't. I was gonna. I wanted to pop off with that. There was just so. Much. He talks about that in the book, so he he is aware of it. So yeah, we just yeah. didn't get into it. But um, I think I think most of our listeners know these things too. But it's always good to like dig a little deeper. So, but um, yeah, I don't think we're uh, stopping kicking this COVID horse for quite a while. No, not it's ever. not going anywhere, right? right? Nope, so no, nope, nope. we're going to be in business for a long time. Yeah, yeah, business okay. is good. Well, business is <laughs> we're, we're like we're like. I would rather not have business. No kidding. That's what it is. That's right. right. Come that's on. right. We're not CNN. Come yeah, on, guys. Yeah. You guys see all that Project Veritas stuff today? No, 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 man, they're just killing CNN, dude. It's game over for I CNN. I saw some kind of it's some it's clip good. or oh, I don't know. Some came across Instagram the other I day, think, and yeah, I, yeah, it's great. Anyway, um, right save on. it for a bonus. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode here, guys. Mm, maybe. All right. all right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so very much for sitting in with us again. That was Dr. Hershon. Please go and find his book, Pandemic Blunder. Um, as we said, you can uh, find it on Amazon, which is you not as you or can, any, you can any other listen place because this is books. what this is what the doctor said that this is where he checks yeah. his matrix, and, he, and so we it. and we want to support our guests. Yes. So yes. listen, we're not supporting Bezos, we're supporting uh, our guests. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely it. Yeah. So um, thank you again for sitting with us and supporting us. We appreciate all of you. And until next time, I'm Megan, sitting here with my good friends Scott and Ed, and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. <laughs> all right, all right, hold on, hold on. We're gonna do just a quick front plug, real quick. All okay. right, ready? Here we go. What's up, everybody? Just hoping if you guys get some value out of this show, maybe come support us. Give back a little bit of that that value over here on uh, Patreon.com forward slash Truezilla. Why didn't I start with Patreon? Oh, whatever. I don't. We're on know. Patreon. What? We're on Patreon. You know, come, come shoot us. You know, just come find us. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna start over. Start okay. that shit over. Okay. That was terrible. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. That was <laughs> inessential.